And welcome to Small Biz Matters, the half-hour program where you work on your business rather than in it. My name is Alexi Boyd, of course, your local small business advocate, lover of all things admin. And I'm particularly excited about today's show because we are talking to someone who is a great supporter of businesses in their admin bookkeeping, something that my regular listeners will know I'm very passionate about. We've got Ben Fister, who's head of Asia Pacific for Square. Thank you so much for joining us on the program today. Pleasure. Thanks for having me. Now, today we're talking about disruptive tech because we're at the Disruptive Technology Summit here in uh, Darling Harbour, which is all very um, full on and a little bit overwhelming for small businesses, I think, because we just live in the day to day. So we're going to talk a little bit about the practical way that Square supports small business and maybe some tips and tricks that you can possibly offer our listeners when it comes to getting on top of their admin side of things and their bookkeeping. So first of all, tell me a little bit about your journey, a bit about the Square journey because it's a relatively young company it was mentioned before that you're only nine years old which for me sounds surprising but a huge technological development in the world of um, I guess bookkeeping and admin for small business tell me about the journey sure I mean I'll start with the square journey and it was uh, square was founded by Jim McKelvey and Jack Dorsey Jack Dorsey is obviously well known for founding or most well known for founding Twitter being co-founder of Twitter uh, and Jim McKelvey was a colleague and a friend and um, at a particular point in time, they were thinking about particular con particular concepts they could work on. And Jim McKelvey, as per many people, he had a business on the side, was an artisan glassblower. Um, and one day he lost a sale, uh, quite expensive um, uh, work that he did. Um, and he rang up his friend, as you do, Jack Dorsey, and said, Jack, this is crazy. I just lost a sale because I couldn't accept card payments. Surely there's something we can do with these supercomputers we have in our hands every day, obviously mobile phones. Uh, and they put their heads together and went away way inside of building prototypes to what was the first Square Reader. So Square best known to accept card payments. And so it was a very small device, didn't look as good as it does today, but <laughs> a very pro small prototype that you plugged into the headphone jack of your phone, and then you can swipe cards to take a transaction. And that was kind of the genesis of everything. But from there, the company was built around the fact saying, businesses like gyms are small, they're focused on what they do best, which is their craft or their service. They've often take massive punts to start their business. They've often turned their backs on careers or financial stability to do this. They go for all this building their product, starting their business, and then they get to the end of this process of attracting a customer and then probably doing a bit of a sales pitch to the customer. And the point of sale part of it falls over because they can't accept card payments or um, they have been allowed to accept card payments. So traditionally for small businesses to go you know, into a bank and get a, a terminal, it's very difficult, it's very onerous. You're under so much pressure as a small business as it is, but to go in and then sort of be interrogated about well, why you're so new, what's your product, uh, is not only a bit of a daunting experience, you often get rejected. So long story short, um, they built on this, on this philosophy to say, let's look out for small businesses. And that's, that was the backbone of our company. Uh, small businesses um, and then from those early days of being a card reader we've then built it out to have a lot more software and uh, analytical tools and different functionality but all of them are focused on helping small businesses start and then grow into a bigger business and making them helping them succeed ultimately these are tools big businesses have because they can afford it they can have teams of data analytics um, people looking at it they can have expensive software systems to run their business and optimize you're getting started, you don't get that luxury. So yeah, our philosophy is giving really uh, accessible tools to small businesses to grow. So uh, yeah, that's a bit about where Square came from. Uh, my background, um, as per many people, I went to a blue chip background, did a few years of consulting, realized I 
kind of got sick of pretending I knew what I was talking about um, <laughs> and then realized I better go and learn a trade and then basically went into industry and was lucky enough to have a few jobs, I guess what you call the innovation space, but just doing different things within big organizations and fumbled my way into uh, payment innovation, probably at the point where I was about to take off um, before we had things like contactless and chip cards and little owned mobile payments. Uh, yeah, I did a few stints in different organizations. Uh, and then ultimately um, was really privileged to be given the task of bringing Square to Australia. And for me, it was an easy choice because it's such an incredible uh, business in the way that we go about it and what we're trying to do. And my philosophy was there are hundreds of thousands of Australians starting small business in Australia every year and they are neglected. They do not have the tools to compete. Um, we got to look out for them. We think our products can do that. And, you know, our, our gen, we don't get everything right, but generally our products, they don't have hidden catches. They don't have locking contracts. They don't have penalty fees. They're very much looking out for the, you know, the small operator to help them grow. So for me, that was a no I'd love the challenge. And I've been privileged to be with the, the company for a few years and help it grow from myself in Australia up to, I think we're around almost 50 people now. So it's interesting what you're saying there about the um, almost taking on the big boys because quite often as small businesses we start small but we've, we've got dreams of growth. Um, Square was looking at the big boys and the way that the banks were treating customers and treating small business and wanted to turn that on its head. Do you think in the beginning of the journey that was maybe something that was a real driver was really trying not only to be advocates for small business but also taking it to the big guys and going you know what you don't get this market share anymore uh this is what we're going to do do you think that was a bit of an impetus yeah it's a really good question i think uh probably the back of our everyone's minds when they work at square there's a bit of that but to be honest we're not looking to you know take on as you say the big boys or the big companies or the incumbents because to be honest if you try to you'd probably fail um what we did recognize that there was just a gap um for various reasons i think that the the incumbents thought saw small businesses as problems uh as not lucrative enough as you know to too much heavy lifting, lifting involved with getting on board or growing with them, and it just wasn't a quick way to make any money from them. So ultimately, they were neglected. Um, so we saw a gap in the market more than anything, and we thought we could help service these businesses, but also grow that ecosystem to make it easier for small businesses to use technology to start and then continue to grow. And then the philosophy was that if we're there at the start with these businesses and we help them out, ultimately, hopefully, they succeed and grow. Uh, and if they grow, we'll grow with them. So that served us quite well. Uh, it is an important point talking about growth and, and the way um, Australia takes on technology. You mentioned that it was your responsibility to bring um, this sort of tech to the Australian market. Why do you think the Australian small business community is such a great adopter of new technology when compared to the rest of the world? Yeah, um, uh, I love thinking about this because, I mean, generally speaking, I'm pretty proud of what the Australian economy is with small businesses. I think we have and again, I don't have any stats to show this, um, but we have such a thriving small business entrepreneurial um, uh, country. I think, you know, it probably harks back to our you know, heavy reliance on migration over the very short period of time to just get out, make a name for yourself, scrap a bit, get going, follow your dreams. And I think that's sort of stayed within our culture. So uh, you, you've got that entrepreneurial spirit in pretty much all Australians. Um, but that coupled with, we have this amazing love of technology and we adopt technology very quickly. Um, so when you get that combination, it's a really dangerous in a positive way, <laughs> a dangerous combination of uh, these small businesses who are, there's heaps of competition out there. It's really hard to unsettle the incumbents, really hard to compete against other small businesses. 
So Australians just seem to be smart enough to go, I need every asset working in my advantage and there's technology that is going nuts at the moment and producing amazing solutions. I need them. And that's where we, why we love being here with there's an absolutely receptive audience in small businesses that have an appetite for this stuff. I think that that can go a little bit against us as well because we are such big adopters of technology. Uh, do you think that it, small business can get into a bit of a state of overwhelm when it comes to all the options that are out there? If you just take not only payment services, but if you just take sort of accounting platforms, for instance, you've got the, the mainstays, but then you've got a lot of smaller companies who are offering a different product, but then also offering accounting platforms with it as an add-on. And I think it just becomes a bit overwhelming. Have you got any suggestions to small businesses um, to avoid that feeling of, well, there's too much information out there. How do I distill it down to what I need? Yeah, good question. I think, I mean, ultimately, unfortunately, don't get scared by the question and don't get scared by the challenge because you have to do it and you have to get it right. Um, I think the benefit of companies like Square is we're not just one part. Obviously, we're well known for that card acceptance technology, but we have a huge data analytics platform on the back of that 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 business gets access to straight away. You can do electronic invoices. You can do virtual terminal, which means taking payments over the phone. You can start managing your employees. You can start running a website. You can build everything on the one platform. So. Uh, the way we see it building, and it's probably the message that we're starting to get out in the Australian market now, it is a platform you can run your business. So if you can take that one choice, you can try Square, there are no locking contracts, there are no penalty fees for exiting, give it a go for your basic needs to, just to get started, and then grow as your capability grows. When you get comfortable using data analytics tools that we're offering you, use that. If you're just looking at your sales every day, do that, understand the flow of customers coming in and out, all the basic stuff business owners want to do anyway. And we make it, one of the promises we do is we try to make it as accessible and easy to understand as possible. So just use it for the basics, start understanding your data, start looking at the patterns and start growing from there. The other thing we're trying to do to simplify that exact problem you're talking about is offer our connections through to other third parties like the accounting software. So now the idea is you can start with Square and all the way from that point of payment, all the way through to doing your tax return, you shouldn't have to touch that again. So you're no longer going to banks with cash, you're no longer double entering, you're no longer downloading files to upload into your in zero my orb or into it. It's all going through. So that's the key thing is that we'll offer you as much as you can on a single platform and then we'll connect to those platforms or other products you want to use to hopefully that daunting question is, to, is made a whole lot easier. And I think the collaborative nature of software now is making it easier in that way. But I think that that state of overwhelm still exists because there are so many different options. And like you said, yeah. you had a gap in the market to fill, but now that, that market is becoming a little bit more crowded. And, and I think um, that's where small business, I guess they, they should communicate with other small businesses in a similar position, see what works for them, definitely. Now in the, um, in the presentation you did a little bit earlier, you were talking, I, I really enjoyed listening to your discussion about bold bets. So you're a company obviously that's grown exponentially in a very short period of time, um, a very successful, well-known company. How do you use that concept of bold bets in the way that you innovate within your own company itself? Yeah, it's a, it was actually a structured approach that we had early on um, about saying that we might have to make sure there are bold bets we're placing, a very small number of it. And they were the sort of the seeds that started some of our more uh, diverse businesses. So when you work in Square and you're in your day-to-day -day understanding the Square platform, you see how the pieces go together. But if you look at our business on a global scale, there is the card payments, there's the analytics, there's invoicing, but there's also things like caviar, which is food delivery, there's 
point of sale software so you can actually run the front of house um, there's square cash so you can make uh, instant deposits and you can make p2p transfers there's square capital so you can grow your business there's all these things if you look at them in isolation and they were the bold bets of yesterday people go i don't get why you're doing that but if you look at it across the portfolio you start seeing i get it so if i'm a starting a restaurant for the first time a small cafe i can use square's point of sale i can access their capital to grow my business i connect through to third parties uh, i can start using all these different platforms and so for us bold bets was inherent in the way we used to plan every year and do that um, we're probably a victim of our own success in some of those things that those bold bets become exactly that like if you get them right they become big Big, big big businesses so we've seen a few things like capital and cash and that really really grow where we've got foundational businesses growing within ours so yeah we're definitely facing that every day to make sure we keep that within one team but keep growing it as well so yeah if we hadn't had those bold bets we would probably be sticking very much in our lane and a much more narrow uh, solution for customers so it's another way of looking at innovation really it's it's you either um, you either stick to what you're good at and really refine it, I guess, and a niche within your market, or you do take risks um, and and, uh, and and move forward in that way. Is that is that sort of the way the difference would work? Yeah, absolutely. You can't do bold bets and neglect your base business. Like there's no there's no doubt you have to get that right. And as any small business owner knows, we're no different. Is that that never stops? It's not a constant thing. Oh, I've built my product or service done. I can just sit back and watch it all happen. It's constant evolution, constant iteration, getting it right. Um, uh, and exactly the same with our products. There's new challenges coming up and new opportunities, things we need to fix, things we need to enhance and optimize. So we're constantly building that platform. But yeah, I think if you're a small business, you're looking at it, uh, it's good to have that bold bets. And bold bets can still have some sort of gray area in it in terms of how bold you are. I wouldn't say <laughs> if you're running a cafe, go and start a mechanic or something like that. But but make sure, are there little things that you want to invest your time in that you can say, listen, I'm going to try something different. I'm going to start you know, cooking my own product in one of these verticals as opposed to getting it from a supplier? Am I going to start looking at corporates and not just consumers? And I think inherently businesses are doing that anyway, but just putting a little bit of structure to say, right, I'm not going to do too much. This is my bold bet for this year. This is my core business. And just even having that overlay, it kind of makes a lot more sense for you as you're approaching your business. It's a great piece of advice, actually, to just give it a name and give it a bit of a, a strategy name so that you can visualize it. Because I think that in the corporate world, there's lots of um, aspects of business that you can name and pigeonhole quite easily but small business doesn't have that experience and i think that's a great takeaway from today's show is saying uh bold bets and, and am i going to back myself am i going to get my team to back it you know if you're in then be in 100 percent, as you mentioned in your presentation absolutely uh yeah i mean you're touching on a massive point but a good one in terms of the people uh and there's no point having a bold bet if you're the only one actually behind it make sure everyone in your team if it's just you fine uh but if you've got a team working for you make sure they understand it and yeah just putting that sort of like definition around it might help to define it as well so. Now, in a larger growing company such as yours, um, I, I like the way you focused quite a lot on your customer service team rather than just being the people putting out spot fires or dealing with customer complaints. You actually filtered through that information through to the product development team. Can you explain to me how that's really helped to grow Square? Yeah, absolutely. Um, we didn't always have uh, a customer support team uh, we built the process all our products to make sure they were self-onboarding and really easy to use so you theoretically don't have to call someone but but help. you're dealing with small business who are not always technology savvy so i imagine Correct. that you found pretty quickly that you needed to have a customer support Correct. Team. well we actually scaled in the u.s for a number of years without it but absolutely you get to that point where you probably laid a few different functionality on it, it becomes a little bit more complicated and so there was a clear delineation in time and we thought 
no, no, we need to upscale here. The customer support area of our business is critical to get right. Uh, and so when we launched in Australia, it was just no question. I, actually, the first person I hired was the head of customer support. Um, so the theory being is that no one knows who we are. No one knows what our product is or why to use it. If they want to ask a question about it, they should be able to talk to someone about it. So we're very proud of our uh, customer support team. They do an incredible job to simplify the products and to make sure that they can, uh, I guess, talk to any small business owner. Um, that's the other thing is that we all come from different backgrounds, different level of tech technical expertise. You can't assume that someone that's trying to use Square is tech savvy. Um, so out to, I'm completely biased here, but I think we've got the best customer support in Australia. <laughs> um, they do a fantastic job and you know, you talk to them and they love what they do. They genuinely love helping small businesses and the, they have a unique thing where they actually get to hear about these businesses and they're so different and unique and sometimes kooky, but they're amazing to talk to and to, you know, kind of hear a bit more about their passions and help them get started. So it's a very rewarding thing. But back to your point, um, yeah, the customer support team sits within our team. It's not sitting in another room or another office or something like that. They are there. We literally hear them. We literally hear what their conversations are and the lead of the team is right there in our leadership team as well. Like, and, and make sure that his voice is as loud, as loud if not louder than anyone else's because that's what we've got to listen to. So it's a real flattening of the of the corporate structure happening here as well. We were talking a little bit about that with um, the Chief Marketing Officer, Ben Eatwell, from WePloy the other day about this generalised flattening structure in the corporate world. And it sounds to me like that's something that you're implementing there at Square as well. If everyone, there's no hierarchy per se, everyone has equal um, input into, into decision making. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's natural levels to that where people are actually tasked with making decisions and, that, and we understand that, but inputs are totally different different thing and having a point of view is totally different and that is something square in all areas all markets is 100% behind literally if you've got a question for any of the leadership in San Francisco including Jack you can walk straight up to him and say I got a question I don't believe with what you're doing is right or why are we doing this product it is completely flat I've never seen any of them get remotely offended by any question and for me coming from probably in Australia a more traditional background that was like wow this is really different so I probably got a bit easier because I'm leading a smaller team here as opposed to a couple of thousand. Um, but yeah, hopefully as we scale, that stays the same. And if I'm not accessible and giving people a voice, I'm definitely not doing my job well. Um, and I think, you know, that it, it is a, it's also a beneficial, beneficial thing for the company. It's not just all truisms, but it's actually saying, if you can come up to us, you're going to be more engaged. If, if you're going to be able to air your grievances or talk about your concerns or have input to our success, you're actually inherently more, more engaged. So if we can do that with our team, absolutely fantastic. And it does take a lot for people from different backgrounds to get used to that, that flattening, that it doesn't matter if you're the grad coming from university or you've got 20 years experience, your view might be or is as valid uh, and the better ideas might come from anywhere. So I, I don't think any company can click their fingers and do it, uh, but we've had the luxury of always doing that. So it's inherent the way we operate. Speaking of team building, um, I've, I've understood that your second person that you hired after being the head of customer service was actually someone in your admin team. How much importance do you place on admin being the backbone of the company? Oh, 100%, there's no doubt. Um, and uh, we call that person the office manager, lack of a better term. Um, and that office manager is always has to be a superstar, there's no doubt, because, and uh, we've only ever had two. Um, but uh, yeah, the message when we hire someone is very clear. I said, oh, I've 
I can show you a job description, but I can guarantee that's not what you'll be doing. That'll be some of the things you'll be doing, but you are absolutely integral to this. Um, and people that are that way inclined get super excited by that role. So yeah, our office managers have been integral from the start um, all the way through. So one day they might be designing our new office, but the other part we're really strong on now is I can't, as country manager, just be the beacon of what a culture is or how do we reward people or how do we have fun or how, like, tell me, like, help me drive this. And for me, the office manager is critical in that. They play a really big role and yeah, we're lucky enough to have very two very talented ones. Sounds to me like we all need to make a push to rename the office manager. We've had, somebody was saying something about chief, chief people person right, earlier right, today. Right. I think we need to change the nomenclature around office manager. I think it's it's moved on, certainly moved on from secretary anyway. Yeah, fair <laughs> um, so tell me about the future of Square. You mentioned that there's um, a new Melbourne engineering hub um, taking off, which is sponsored by yourselves. What does the future look like when it comes to supporting small business innovation? I mean, I think innovation is quite an overused word because it leaves behind quite a few like really important businesses in the small business community because they're not innovative. They're just doing what we, we need them to do. Farmers, for example, it's, it's sort of this tech word that's floating around at the moment. How are you supporting small businesses in general, apart from this Melbourne Engineering Hub? Sure. Um, we like to think that everything we do is 100% there, there for small business. Like that is, that is why we started. That's why we've grown. That's why we've been successful. So the second someone taps me on the shoulder and says, actually, you've lost sight of it and your products are just for big businesses and you're not looking after this, well, we're done. Like that is absolutely critical to us. Um, yeah, I, I don't know where to start to answer that question, to be honest, because the exciting feedback we get from small business is incredible. Uh, and I'll take it back a step where um, this is me as an observer more than someone working for Square. But when I first went to San Francisco, I was actually going for the job during the interview process. And from San Francisco airport to the office, uh, I was in a, a cab or a taxi, um, and I noticed they were using Square, which I now realize is incredibly common in the US. Mm -hmm. But uh, I thought, I know I'll be a bit deceptive here, but I'll do a bit of research. Uh, and I kind of you know, said to them, oh, what's that thing you've got there? And um, you know, that literally this driver turned around with his wide eyes and was just like, started selling me this product. It's Square, <laughs> you've got to get on it. It's incredible. And this is what it does. And and I thought, I was like, hey, this is very odd. Why is this person doing this? Um, and then I thought about it. Now, if I was in Australia and I asked a taxi driver, what's that FPOS terminal there? I, I don't think they'd answer. And B, if they did, without kicking me out, they'd probably give me a one-line answer of what it was. That's when I knew something was a bit different. And then that's when I sort of went a bit deeper with it. So for us, everything we do is for small businesses. And we hope it will always stay that way. Um, because we always realize that the diversity of our business is so, so broad. And I, I, I can rattle off anecdotes for, forever in terms of the small business stories we have. We share them nonstop. Um, the one I always love, it's kind of a more common one now as we're scaling, is actually um, uh, a market farmer. Um, so basically this market farmer has a small lot pro producer, uh, was using Square. And we went up to, oh, using Square for, for payments, that's great. And started talking uh, to this guy and we soon realized that he was using it for something we hadn't even imagined. Seems simple in hindsight, but you start listening to him. He's like, well, what I've worked out I could do is that I could actually, because I got this data analytics, I can track all my sales. And then next season, when I'm looking back at the previous season, I can say, hey, rather than just having one lot for carrots, one lot for lettuce, whatever it was, he was saying, I know exactly how many I need to grow because of my data from the previous year. And even that 
really small anecdote of how he was using data, he was just super excited by it. He was getting better yield, better efficiency for what, what he was doing. So when I hear those stories, I'm just like, wow, uh, we're not designing it for a farmer. We're designing it for any business, but they can find that adaptation. That's super exciting. Yeah, those analytics certainly are very, very important for running small business because it gives you an opportunity to really, uh, you know, play with the big boys because you, you're getting the same analytics that they were and you don't need that team of finance guys behind you in order to do it. Yeah, absolutely. And I would challenge anyone using Square is that if you're putting transactions through, go into your dashboard. That's the area where you see your, your data and you can log in on any device, but you go into your dashboard and use it. And I'd also encourage them if it's a bit daunting, we do set out some basic graphs and basic analytics. So you can just get a little bit of understanding of seasonality. You can see how when certain staff members are working is their peaks and troughs at the times of the day where you probably don't need as many staff members. Mm. But then once you understand the basics of it, take that first step. And we say this is a joke because we heard it from someone, um, but it's really important first step. If you're running, say, let's just say a, a cafe, and if you've got some cookies on the counter, I challenge you to move those cookies to a different spot and track the sales. Work out how different things that you do in your business can change your data and change your growth. And if you realize that you move the cookies from here to here that actually double in sales, then start using that spot, start making more of them. Just start using data in a really accessible and palatable way. And then you can get more deep and you can start understanding how the platform could work better for you. But just start on the basics and see how you go. That's a really good example actually about how you can use sales analytics to really understand where the, the projection of your business goes. Because we can get a little bit bogged down in the day-to-day -day in small business because we wear so many hats and we're so tired and exhausted and, and trying to find the time to do those analytics. We've got um, companies such as yourselves who are giving it to us in a much more accessible way. Um, now, just before we finish up today, can you tell me how people can find out more about Square? What's the best way if they're starting out to really educate themselves on the product? Sure. Uh, the easiest thing is to go to website square.com or square.com.au. Um, have a look at it. Have a look through the different products. We've got some fantastic blog posts in there. We've got some hopefully really easy to understand different page setup and how you can uh, understand the products as best you can. The first step you take is to download the app. That's free, there's no lock-in or anything, don't get scared by it. Download the app, have a look at it, understand it, play with it. Uh, and then hopefully if you're comfortable with that, buy a reader as well. And that's the device that you'll accept the card payments on. Uh, and they're really accessible. They start at $19 or $59, so they're not a massive outlay. Um, give them a go, try them. Uh, and then again, ultimately, if you've got any questions, we've got a community set up there so other sellers can help you out, or you can call our call center, or, and hopefully all the pieces we've got on our website help explain some of the basics of getting going. And then, yeah, I challenge you just to keep, to keep growing and start using the different products as well. Well, thanks very much for joining us today on Small Blues Matters. It's been a very intriguing program to learn about the Square journey and learn about your journey as well and um, just the ways that small business can tap into their analytics and make the most of their sales. So thanks again for joining us. Pleasure. Thanks for having me. You've been listening to Small Biz Matters, the half-hour program where you work on your business rather than in it. My name is Alexi Boyd. We'll be back again next week.